All right, man, we're going we gonna to get it started. I know it took a minute, but you, and you know how I get it. Lord have mercy, man. You know, I'm, I'm over there sweating <laughs> and doing, you know, making, dialing in the show, making sure that we right. But hey, team no sleep. We hear y'all. What is it? Absolutely. May 24th, 2023, Montel Allen is to the side. And yo, brother, we got to spend a little time together this past weekend. San Diego, Talk. let's talk a little bit about that before we go into yeah, anything. Yeah, man. Shout out, shout out to Bert Grossman and the, and the, and the, and San Diego, or, you know, in, uh, indoor football, the, yeah. the, you know, strike force. Man, what a great, great, what a great event. I mean, the way they put it together, the way things happen, great game. Great experience because it was my first time ever seeing indoor football like that. So um, I can't say enough about about what they're doing, what the the brand they're building out there. Um, all around, kudos, man. How about yourself? How'd you feel about the whole event? Listen, it was dope. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. It, it was it was dope to be out there and hang out with you, hang out with Bert and some of the other cats, the NFL folks, and also you know, side note to have that connection. My daughter and your daughter, I mean, my daughter and your son connecting and exchanging numbers and, you know, and talking about things. So, I mean, that was real cool as well to, to see that happen. But yeah, just just to see the game and the the speed of the, and the indoor game, the, the that that was pretty cool to see. I, I still don't know all the rules, but I do like the fact that you can run somebody <laughs> up on the side of the of the, of the, of the, barricade, the wall, right? you know, yeah, and yeah. still keep playing. So I was I was down with that. So sign me yeah. up. Put me in, coach. Put me in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was it, it, it's, it's great. It was a good event, like like you said, and I'm glad I got to you know show you a little bit of taste of the city and yeah, and introduce you to some 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 guys that I knew out there, some other people. I mean, everywhere, everybody from Paul Rudy to um, you know, we did Trayvon Van to Jalen Booth, who was one of the players, to everybody. Yeah. Right, we got to meet meet a lot of a lot of different different people. Um, felt like a celebrity for a day. Hey, you know? heck, we we, we got good. Eric Weddle, right? We we hollered at Eric Weddle. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He said he's coming Mr. on. Edward, Edward, Edward. And, yeah. Coach, and Coach Brown from uh, Last Chance U, he was there. Yeah. Got a chance to meet with him and then chop it up with some of the people in the organization. I thought it was just an all-around great, great event, man. Bert does – he does a really, really impressive job with yeah. that with that event. So, you know, proud to know my man. Glad we're in cahoots with him. You know, we got the front door open all the time That's whenever it. we want to go, so. I, that, I, that was I a still good, got my pass, good, good. so hopefully he don't want my all-access pass back because I'm holding <laughs> on to that. And Mr. Stone, no, we, we can't say arena football. It's the in, was it indoor inside football league, indoor. something like that. I, indoor we got to get it right. Yep, we got to get it right. Yeah, no more arenas right. are called indoor football. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, let's let's go and get locked in. Let's go and get focused. One thing before we start, I want to give uh, homage to, you know, we, we lost another champion, unfortunately, today. We, we lost uh, Miss Tina Turner. Right. Yep. Like back in my days working Bill Graham presents and clear channel for, for about 10, 11 years, I had the privilege and the honor to secure her as the principal at two, two major shows. So I, I got to get up and close with, with Miss Tina Turner. So yeah, we definitely lost another one. I want folks to go ahead and listen to some music today. Go down, go hit your iTunes, hit your Spotify, listen to some, uh, some Tina Turner, man. So absolutely. Absolutely, man. What, what, a, what a queen and an icon, right? We lost, we lost her today. Uh, she transitioned to music, and then also we lost, you know, the you know our Godfather of football, Jim Brown, earlier. Yeah, oh, earlier, man, that's earlier right. Earlier Good night. Um, Jim Brown passed away as well. An advocate, an actor, uh, NFL player, uh, everything. What college lacrosse player, college Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Famer, and I think just a big influence in our community, man. We miss. We, we lost a another good one in our corner, yeah. man. So. Yeah. To both to both to both icons family, you know, 
our prayers are with you for strength. And we know we hope everything's okay. And, you know, we'll keep pushing by celebrating your life, you know? That's it. That's it. Listen, don't wait y'all until the last minute to give your flowers to the folks while they're still around. So that's the call to action at the beginning of the show instead of at the end of the show. Talk to somebody. Call somebody. Uh, listen, behind the scenes, I'm, I'm looking at the behind the scenes right now. My goodness, folks. I've been waiting for, we've been waiting for a year. I'm going to say it's a year. I'm probably exaggerating, right? I, I, I met I met our guest last year at a technology conference of all things, technology conference in Dallas, Texas. We was out there doing it. You know, we was hanging out, hobnobbing with the, with the, with the bigs, the C-suite folks. And we, we got to talk and she said that she did some things. And I said, Oh, we might, we might need to get you on, on team. No sleep. Like I'm not even going to delay it anymore. I'm gonna let her do the intro. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Melissa Miles in the bill. Look, look at this. Come on now. Let me let me just pause and take a screenshot. Melissa Miles is a good one. How you doing, sis? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's Thanks. nice to be on the show. It, it only took a year. My goodness. You know what? What? What is it? <laughs> it did. It did. That's crazy because you know, like I work in tech, but I play football, and you know, my nights and my weekends are kind of dedicated to that. So. Kind of like my alter ego. You met me at a tech conference, but yeah. you know, lo and behold, that's I, all good. Love- hey, we we do we do the same thing, and it's bittersweet because yeah, yeah, you you play football, but just recently that that season ended. But I tell you what, you you dropped a little bit of information right there. Tell folks who Melissa Miles is for for the reasoning that you're here on Team No Sleep. So let's talk a little bit about the Vegas Silver Stars and, and what it is that you do with that particular team and that organization. Yeah, so I'm a wide receiver and tight end for the Las Vegas Silver Stars. And, um, you know, uh, our season just ended, unfortunately. We uh, we came up just a little bit short of playoffs, which kind of sucked. But, you know, we learned a lot in the process. And I think that that's the most important thing is for us to get back to work, work hard in the off season, and then come up with a game plan to come back stronger and better. Wide receiver for the las vegas so again i want to get conferences right because we, we were having issues with with the arena league and it's no longer indoor so this is the women's national football conference yes the wnfc there we so give, give a little little insight for from a layman's perspective and, and those who again may, may not be aware of, of what's going on with the wnfc how many teams what, what kind of schedule you got you know what I, I'm saying some things that I even know, so I'm not just going to assume, but, you know, tackle versus flag, you know, that, that kind of thing. So if you could talk a little bit about that, what what is the WNFC and how many teams are there besides just the one you have in Vegas? So the WNFC is uh, basically the professional women's football conference. Um, it's made up of teams across the nation, amazing women that basically work hard. You know, we're the best, uh, we're the best in in the nation, you know? Um, so for Vegas, we're just trying to represent for the women out here. And I coach flag. So for me, it's nice to be able to create a way for these young women and have a next step for them after college, because now that they can get mm. college scholarships, there is a new league and a new level for them to be able to play after school. So to me, that's the most important thing. I love being a part of an amazing league an amazing team. And more importantly, I just love football and I love being able to teach the sport and pass it on to the next generation. I grew up in a time where, you know, women weren't allowed to be on the football field and I played basketball growing up. So 
I mean, I love basketball. Shout out to the Las Vegas Aces doing their thing. It's about to be a good <laughs> yep. season. But, you know, like that was my first love. And, um, you know, football is like my, I found it when I was like working in corporate, you know, as a marketing agent. And, you know, I found arena football, which was weird because I didn't even know that women could play football. And I found an arena football league. You know, it was an amazing run with them. And then I evolved and got, got to play full contact 11s. They're different, you know, the sport is different. Um, with arena, it's a smaller field, a lot faster pace, you know, in 11s, it's different offensive schemes and, and defensive schemes that you have to look for. And I'm, I'm very blessed and grateful that I just have the opportunity to play and to have played so many different types of football, whether it's arena, whether it's full contact, you know, 11s, and then also to be able to see a transition at another level for collegiate, you know, for these girls to get college scholarships. Um, playing flag football. So it's coming full circle. And I think football is evolving and it's changing for women. And that's just what I like to see. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love it too. I, lo I love the evolution of, of women's sports and especially yeah. with football. Because before it was, I was, it was a show, right? They had with the lingerie league and all that kind of buffoonery. In my opinion, they're kind of exploit, they were spo exploiting sexuality more than the sport. Hey, hey, now hey, 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 hold on, hold on, wait a minute, because that was the question yeah. I was going to ask. And you can see it in, in her face, right? You, you, you can yeah. see, well, listen, come on, I know the yeah. story. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, all right, so go ahead right there, because you saw the whole expression change. Go, go, go ahead with, you, with what well, you no, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm being <laughs> honest. I mean, I thought it was more exploring their sexuality mm -hmm. than it was the actually X's and O's and how talented they were on the field. Um, I, I'm seeing, like she said, come full circle. It's now going trickling down to high school where flag football is now competitive flag football for women. And now they, like she said, they're starting to start teams in colleges to provide those scholarships to play football. And now it's taking it from in the professional ranks from, like I said, that lingerie league to now where they're playing not only arena, but they're also playing 11 on 11 full tackle with real strategy, real X's and O's. It's not, it's no longer like, you know, it's not, it's no longer a game for any, they're actually playing football and being competitive. So it's nice to see that their lead is, is starting to elevate that way. Yeah. Go ahead now. You 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 warmed up now. Don't sleep on the LFL though. They, come on, go. Don't ahead. sleep on the LFL <laughs> well, though, because we really play football. No, and you know, no, 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 no. I'm not sleeping on the highest level I, I, of football that we could play at that time. But but what? But but listen. I mean, we're going to address the elephant in the room. It was more exploring their sexuality than it was about playing football. Um, they wanted to be Absolutely. out there. Absolutely, I hated the uniforms. Yeah, I hated the sorry. uniforms and I made it very yes, clear about that. When I first came yeah. in, one of the first things that we did was we ended up getting pants. But then when things started reverting back, then, you know, it was time to evolve the sport in general. You know, I exactly. teenage girls and my daughter is 18 years old. I have an 18 year old daughter. So for me, the last thing I want to do is have film with my butt hanging out, you know, <laughs> so to be properly well dressed. And to be protected, I think was the most important thing. And that's what we were fighting for, was for us to be able to have proper uniforms and for us to be able to be protected. So then when we go out mm. and play a full contact sport, we're not in a hockey helmet. We're in a real football yep. helmet and we're actually in pads so that when you are making those hits, your shoulder's not gonna pop out or you're not gonna get injured. So for us, it's about the evolution of football. And no matter how it looks, we really played no matter what the whole way through. Whether we played in our underwear, I know some of the best football players I've ever played with played in their underwear but guess what the we don't have to anymore and the opportunity for another league to be taken more serious is there and that's what the WNFC does provide for us so we're able to go and transition from being you know the LFL or lingerie players 
to actually being real football players and being really respected. This last year, mm -hmm. I was actually invited to the Raiders practice facility for the Pro Bowl. And we got to do the same drills that the guys in the NFL were doing. And we actually demonstrated it. So for me, I, I see the evolution and I've always wanted to be taken serious. So for me, that is the most important thing. Man, I love yeah. that. I think that's, I think it's, I think it's great. But yeah. I'm 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 a pro. But before we go another story, no, see, I you, you, another I'm just gonna disregard the questions from the community because you you got something you yeah. want to say. But I just I love I, I the passion that's coming, coming out of Melissa bear. right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna poke a bear. And I, I want. Oh, I watch him. He gonna poke. He gonna poke. I want to get. I want to get a, a, the honest reaction. How do you feel about the new, the transgender kind of thing coming into play now with women's sports? How do you? honestly feel about that and I'll, I'll let, let me put myself out there first before you say something so uh, you can see where i stand i don't feel it's right that transgender there were biological men turned into women being able to compete in women in all women's sport or used to be all women's sport i don't think it's right but i think they have a biological advantage um in that in that in that structure and you being a professional how do you feel about that because i've heard mixed emotions from different people that say it's okay they don't care and the other ones i'm saying they're very distant like Versus that that young lady just just won second place, and then a transgender won second place and took away from her opportunity that was recently in the news. I just want to know how you feel about this kind of coming along, and you got because it's really involving you guys a sport, women's sports more so than the other way around when we're coming into men's sports. How do you feel about that? Um, so first, I want to say that I fully support the LGBT plus community, mm -hmm. and um, you know my brothers and sisters that uh, like I, I support them all the way. Do I think that they should play in the same league with women? No, whether you're trans from a man to a woman or trans from a woman to a man. Um, provides an unfair competitive advantage if you are taking testosterone or if you are biologically born as a male. It, do, it doesn't matter when you transition. I just think that it's, you know, it's not really right. And it's, it is something that needs to be addressed. See, that's the, answer. that's the answer I want to hear because now we get it from a woman's perspective that's actually in the sport. Now you can go on, Jay. You can go on the no, show see, now. That's what I wanted, you know, I, wanted, I wanted to hear But that. Let me rewind <laughs> a little bit, right? Again, because, Melissa, yeah. so Montel and I will sit here and we'll talk from a coach's perspective, a father's perspective, a male's perspective, you know, a fan and things of that nature. And we've had this conversation, this awkward conversation for a while, but it's it's rewarding just to hear the angle and the perspective of someone, again, like you, who is a professional athlete, a female professional athlete, a female professional athlete in a sport that there aren't many females in, right? So, so to hear your perspective on that particular topic right there, I, I know it gets, it gets awkward sometimes just having that conversation, but the world will be better off if we continue to have this particular conversation so folks can understand and get the left and the right and the center and then make it make a decision and be respectful for it. So I wanted to give you those kudos and those flowers for at least being courageous enough to answer the question. Don't, don't be afraid of Montel. You know, listen, you it is a controversial it's a controversial subject you know yeah it's a controversial subject and you know i've always been a big supporter of the lgbt plus community so for me i personally i don't want to get hit by a man you know mm. Mm. and the strongest woman and the strongest man they kind of they match up a little differently genetically. So therefore, I mean, realistically speaking, there can be a different league. You know, we're we're pushing women and we're pushing women's football and it's a full contact sport. So we need for it to be kind of fair and for the standard to be set across the board. Love that. Love I, that. I, I, applaud, I applaud your honesty. I do. I really applaud your honesty. Um, again, I think 
this is a, this is like you said, it's such a controversial thing that's going on. And, you know, the envelope's always going to be pushed, right? You're always going to have a transgender that not only wants to, you know, they want to compete in MMA against men and so on and so on. But again, I, I just think the genetic makeup is just a different makeup and he gives an unfair advantage, especially for those that were born biological male transition into a female. Um, and I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying when you want to come to sports, sports is supposed to be an even playing field. That's why you get punished for unfair advantages by people taking drugs or doing things illegally to give them an unfair advantage. I just think, and that's something you can't, you can't change, right? Your, your genetic makeup. I mean, you can change it to a certain degree, but you can't change who you were born as. So um, I just, appreciate, like I said, I appreciate your honesty because most people will duck the question. They don't want to hear, they don't want to say the honest thing about it. They just want to be politically correct. And I'm glad to get it from a professional woman's perspective, professional athlete um, perspective. So thank you very much. For I that. have friends that are trans and yeah, I have friends that are trans and I, you know, um, I advocate and I, I support their mission and what they they fight for, you know, because they are fighting for a bigger cause, you know, they're fighting for mm -hmm. a place in society and in the world. And um, by no means do I not think that they shouldn't be playing sports, but I think that just in, in a women's full contact sport that they should not be allowed to be able to play, you know, if they have taken testosterone or if they've taken steroids. I mean, that's a standard that's set across all, a lot of different sports. So I think that it should be held up, upheld, especially in football, where there's so many injuries and so many risks to get injured. Love it. Listen, yeah. uh, I, I've seen Melissa run routes too. So she, she, she <laughs> look, she can talk. She can talk that talk. <laughs> Let's get back to football real quick because I want to be cognizant of some of these questions that are coming in from the community. Yeah. Shouts out to Dr. Stone here coming in. He says, "How are the rules different in this league versus CFB and NFL and other football leagues?" And then televised on any particular networks because because again we've got a, a large community that, that's coming in here and we, and they and they're interested in this conversation and would probably like to watch right again but, but just don't know where to catch the games at don't know where the the Las Vegas Silver Stars play either on TV and things of that nature so if you can answer that particular question so our games are streamed on Vire Network so you can just basically download the app it's a subscription. And you can watch all of the games from all the teams. Um, they'll stream them live. And then you can also watch like historical games as well. Oh, okay. And what was that network again? Vire. V-Y-R-E. I might have to check that out. Okay. Okay. And that kind of goes in line with this question here from, from Chris about coming on ESPN, coming on Fox. Are there any plans maybe that you know of from your perspective of, of getting more um, attention to, to your sport and to your league and getting them on some of the more of the major networks? Yeah, I think visibility is really important. And I think that the more that our games are streamed um, on the bigger networks and more visible, it makes it a better uh, situation for everybody because then sponsors um, are willing to come on board and we can get advertising dollars. You know, I come from uh, the advertising field. So I know how important it is to have the visibility, have the eyeballs and have the sponsors there. I mean, that's literally all like that's what gets our team funded and keeps us going and so sponsors and recognition and visibility is important and i think that there are talks about um espn2 and different uh, uh streaming sites but i think that the buyer network is a network where we're able to kind of run it in-house a lot of our games which mm -hmm. is good as well we're hoping that the major networks do kind of pick up but that's how we can get paid eventually and try to bring in revenue and, and generate revenue for, you know, for the team, for expenses, 
um, and, and different things like that, because football is not cheap, you know, travel and all the, the gear that we have to have, you know, it does add up, let alone the time that we have to take away from like work or some people are in school. Um, so it, it's a big sacrifice that we have to make. And I think that the more visibility that's out there, the better, better it is. And, um, the more that it can be like, uh, maybe even a career for these young ladies one day. Love it. Love it. Uh, do you think that, do you think the, um, the difficulty, the difficulties of raising money and, and getting sponsorship will, will, will be less harder now that the explosion of like, uh, you know, college basketball for women and now the WNBA seems like it's starting to take on a whole nother leg as far as visibility and, and getting those sponsors and, and leveling that plate, that pay scale out. Do you believe that football will eventually get in that realm and, and how fast or how slow you think that's going to happen? Because it's like I do believe it. Like, it's overnight. Say it again. I'm sorry. No, I mean, nothing's overnight. You know, everything's been worked yeah. on and cultivated for a long time. I think that it's important to always just be mindful of the sport and, you know, making sure that you're always evolving it and elevating it and keeping the best people out there so that you can showcase the best product, you know? And I think that that starts with our youth and our youth sports and being able to build up these girls so that they know what routes are. They know what proper coverage is, you know, they know the difference between man and zone. They know what a seam route is, you know, and they know what kind of routes work for what kind of defense. I think that having that fundamental and understanding the sport is only evolving, you know, our sport as a whole, because now we're having young girls that are going from playing flag in high school to then transitioning and being able to transition well and ball out. And so what I'm seeing is the evolution and the knowledge behind the sport. I mean, these girls have the physical ability, you know, and you see it with basketball. Basketball has been around for a lot longer, you know, and they've been yep. paving the way as well with women's soccer and a lot of the other sports that are, you know, making moves and, and really changing and pushing the narrative today. So I do see it evolving and I do hope and pray that, you know, um, big sponsors start to pick, pick up the league and start sponsoring us. Like, you know, how Adidas did and Rydell, you know, those are, those are big names and I, and I appreciate their support because without them, you know, where will we be? Mm. That's a good point. But I, I will say this and I will echo what MDH is saying here. She says women's sports are starting to get some legs, but we have to keep adding gas to that fire because you got so far to go. But, you know, starting to get that visibility. I, I think back to different sports, but same, same kind of thing, the visibility of like the NCAA women's tournament. I didn't watch the dudes. I, I was all about the LSU and I was all about Idaho. Right. I, I was watching that. As, as opposed to what the dudes were doing. And now the WNBA, some of them got drafted and elevated to the W. I'm watching that and, and being more excited about watching the women play as opposed to, to anything else. So we, we football fans, me me and Mr. Allen, we, we were just, like I said, down at the, at San Diego Strike Force. So to see you and your team, and I'm, I'm going to get some swag here. I, I might just order something while we on online right now. I'm, I'm going to go <laughs> off camera and order me some Silver Stars gear. You, you know somebody in the in the inventory department. Okay. I'm sorry. Let me, let me get back on. <laughs> let me get focused. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. Uh, on the corporate side, do you see yourself kind of pushes it? Do you so get, getting into that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. You, what yeah. you over there pushing buttons? <laughs> no, I don't know. You know, I'm out of the mountains. So the Wi-Fi is a little 
is, is all good. The question was, you know, what what role would you play from a, on the corporate side for the league if you were ever given that opportunity, right? Because you, you've got that skill set you've got from, coming from corporate as well, coming from business, coming from entrepreneurship, things of that nature. But if someone cracked that door and said, Melissa Miles, we'd like you to do X, Y, and Z from a corporate executive perspective to help elevate the league, help elevate the game. What what would you, what would be your your day one type type of activities if that was something to provide it? Man, actually, that would be a dream come true um, to be able to bridge uh, sports and my knowledge of marketing into one cohesive uh, role. Like that would be amazing. Um, and the first thing I would want to do is really just make sure that we have a good marketing plan in place, you know, and being able to get the right sponsors in place and the right network and the right community behind it. Like the Raiders, they um, have, you know, opened up the doors to us and we've been able to kind of like work with them. And I think that having that relationship with the NFL teams in your community makes a big difference. You know, um, at the end of the day, it's we're all playing the same sport, you know, and we're just trying to get a little piece of the pie, you know, and mm -hmm. trying to get visibility for these women. And I mean, growing up, I was always discouraged from trying to play football. They were like, well, why would you do that? But it's something I love. And I think that every girl that loves it should have the opportunity to be able to play and to mm -hmm. be able to get to play. We work just as hard, you know, but we have to have day jobs in the meantime. You know, a lot of us have kids and families and a lot of other responsibilities that people don't see. So that if you were able to focus your time 100% on cultivating the craft, imagine how much more amazing we would be. Wow. Come on, there it is right so, there. So, you know, wow. well, I, I just was thinking about what you just said. I think it would be very interesting if NFL got into the business of backing you guys a little bit, because we've seen it now where they're developing these development leagues with the XFL, and then you have the offshoot of the USFL. We see the NBA sponsoring the WNBA. It would be great to see the NFL say, you know what, we're gonna sponsor this woman's, this woman's professional football league and put it up under there. Now I think your marketing creative juices can come really in handy. Like maybe you guys are the opening game, you know, where the people fans get two games for the price of one. They get to see women's football before they get to see the men's football or something like that to piggyback off each other. But I do believe, and I hopefully that someone's watching, that they need to get involved with you guys to bring you guys up because that would be a whole, and that's a whole other branding that they can do for their, on their own to help you guys up and elevate. Because as we see, the WMA is, is, be, is really cool to be definitely with the NBA support. I would love to see that kind of the uh, NFL bridge the gap with you guys, and hopefully you guys can boom as well. And every every NFL team should have a women's women's professional football team. Well, right I, up, up I like the way league. you're thinking. I, I was gonna say, I mean, that that's cool. That that's the nirvana. But e even like Kevin yeah. is saying right here, I mean, still have a women's football league or team, even in a city that doesn't have it. We used to have one here in Sacramento. I think it was the Sacramento Sirens. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't recall, or, the, or the, was it the surge or the sirens? I'm not sure, right? But I think it was the, the surge. Yeah, where, where'd they go? With the WFA. Okay, another league, see, I gotta get my leagues right. Yeah, there's WFA as well, and there's teams that do play in different, there's teams that play in different cities. Um, and, you know, I think that one day we just need to be cohesive and kind of find unity and be able to have the best talent for all women's football in one place. I think that that would I think help, push you know, that would elevate. Wow. I think we gotta push that envelope a little bit though. I think we gotta press the, the gas button. Mr. Tom Brady just got some fat pockets buying a, a piece of the, 
the Raiders. I think he can, he can. He should be able to donate a few chips over to the Las Vegas Silverbacks over there, so you guys can play, so you guys can have something as well. And I think if they just show that support, you know, just showing that support, like basketball players go to WNBA, you know, professional basketball players, they go to WNBA games. It would be nice to see some professional football players be able to attend you guys' games and support you guys and throw, like I said, a few dollars behind there. I think it would be a great experience, man, because I, I really applaud what you guys are doing. I think it's just it's great. And like you said, getting all this talent and now the talent's being cultivated from a young age, all the way from young Pop Warner, girls already playing the high school and now, you know, and now college opportunities. They can develop a market and we've seen it with WNBA. I think the blueprint is already laid. It's got to now execute. I think we talking to the choir. I agree. I completely right. agree. <laughs> I, saying, and... I think we talking to the choir because <laughs> <laughs> that's that's literally the goal. You know, that's the mission yeah. right there. Yeah. You know, is to to be able to bridge that gap and just have a seat at the table. You know, and to be able to get paid to do what we love to do. You know, we don't want we don't want to be rich. I just want to make a living to be able to you know <laughs> to play football. And I think that the girls coming up behind me, the next generation, they deserve that. Yep. Yep. I tell you what, the trail. yeah. I mean, I, I tell you what. Let, let's I, forget the running show for a minute. We we we'll get into that in a minute. So I I would like to ask, where does your elite three hundred and sixty fit in? Because because you, you kind of kind of hinted at that just now, right? Is that still something that you're working on with uh, the next generation behind you coming up and and setting them up? I know you said you were doing some flag football leagues, but how how is how does that intertwine into that end goal of having that next generation being able to have? capability and access to play football? So Elite 360 was actually just a, a, a league where I was doing some training for the kids out here in Vegas. I quickly realized that Vegas has the most elite flag football girls that I've ever met in my life, ever had the pleasure of coaching. And, you know, there's high school teams in each of the, um, in each of the schools. And on top of that, Sorry, my daughter is being. <laughs> hey, tell her congratulations. Did you just graduate? Um, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just graduated from high school, actually. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> She's hiding behind the refrigerator now. So, <laughs> it's all good. Yes. But I've actually met some of the best flag football girls um, ever out here. So what I'm doing is just trying to help the sport move forward. You know, um, I want to get back into coaching when I was playing it actually became really difficult to coach and play at the same time. Mm. So, you know, I still feel like I have a little bit more game left in me. So I went back to playing, but coaching is really in my heart and my soul. And so for me, um, that's probably going to be the next step and the next evolution. And I want to make sure that like when I do it, I go correct and I have all the time to dedicate to them because they, they work for it. You know, these girls, are amazing they're hardworking. they have good work ethic and i think that that's really what's going to elevate the sport even more is just having that that football football mentality and the young age so that they can grow like our 10 new girls go out and beat the boys every tournament so wow. you know it's coming a long way and and it starts from the youth and it starts from the kids and them growing and evolving um the sport entirely awesome Man, that, that see that that's cool, right? That we we're gonna continue to watch that 
growth. We're going to continue to watch your evolution, continue to watch what happens with your league and the, and the other leagues. I'm still buying the swag before the end of the night, just, just so you know. <laughs> but uh, ne- ne- next time we, we in Vegas, we definitely going to make sure that we head to a game. What was it? It was only six games, though, in the season. So, th- so that's – what's up with that? Six, six games, that's – man, the, the odds and the – okay. The, all right. You want, we're going to have to add at least another – Another six it's, games, make at least 12, 12 game season. It's crazy because it goes by so fast, right? But if you think about it, because we're not getting paid to play, um, it's difficult dedicating, you know, every weekend back to back playing and then, you know, working Monday through Friday and then going and playing on Saturday. So, um, you know, it does seem like a short season and I feel like we were just getting revved up. That's why we were really looking forward to playoffs. But um, you know, it just didn't happen that way. So for for me, we're just gonna go back to off-season training. I'm gonna get back into coaching. And that's kind of where I'm gonna be transitioning for now until, you know, the season starts back up. I mean, May, so it, it seems like we do a lot more preparation, you know, and training leading up to the season. And then, you know, that way we could just kind of go full speed because it is a week, a game every week back to back. And, you know, it gets daunting when you have a family and you have to work. Yeah. So, um, you know, I heard, I heard that. I wish that it was longer. I wish that we had more games and I wish that we were able to play more teams as well. Um, I feel like we were limited with, uh, like how many teams we played. Um, when you only have six games in a season, I think that's why playoffs kind of got a little, uh, questionable, <laughs> like, mm. uh, with, you know, how it, it netted out. Um, crumbles it's all good it's all good listen i mean folks are, are chiming in in the in the comments right here coming from all over the place and you know giving you your flowers as well uh bell is talking about thank you melissa for your dedication to the sport and to women i mean that that's the one right there i'm gonna want to put on the screen for sure uh very very proud and oh, happy you, for Melanie. you so, I mean, th- this is this is what's up, right? So you're definitely getting these flowers from folks who are getting wanting to understand and wanting to learn and wanting support. I'm, I'm gonna find the app, download, and and like like Mel said, yeah, I'm gonna buy the swag. Okay, we don't, we don't have to get into my business how I'm, how much money I'm gonna spend tonight. <laughs> but uh, Kevin is saying so true. Used to officiate some flag football when I was going to school, and the girls and women's games were more competitive and better football. That that's. That's crazy, right? I mean, you think it's not crazy, but that's that's so interesting. I mean, I mean, back to the statement that I made about I'm watching more WNBA and and more NCAA women's games. I've been missing out, so I, selfishly, I've been missing out. Montel, I I, I thank you for no. opening my eyes to to a, a broader selection of sports, and and now that we got Miss Miles on here, we definitely getting into it. So that, it's just. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think with I think with sports, especially like that, they've been predominantly uh, dominated by males, male or from the male's perspective. Women's sports are very more calculated when they play. From, from my experience watching like basketball, I can say because I've watched them a lot. They run X's and O's. They actually run the plays where guys tend to isolate and, and, and kind of just go one on one. And I know in football, because I'm a former football player, I think girls can use their skill set and, and, and they and they're very calculated that they, 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 they execute the plays where guys that they're not able to execute the plays, then they just go to they go to just be in the physical group, right? Mm-hmm. They just kind of negate it out there. They negate that out the, out the book. They just I'll just use my I'll, I'll impose 
me being very physical more so than executing the X's and O's. So I think it's more of a pure game if that's the right description of it, right? It becomes more pure because they can run those plays, they execute their plays, and they pay very close attention to detail. I, I've, I've, known, I've seen girls sports, especially with the basketball, they play more very close attention to detail more so than boys. You know, I don't know if that's just a learning disorder that we have as male. is <laughs> what we do, or we don't learn it that way, but they're very, they, they are very particular when they come to execution where guys in sports, that are, at least my experience, is like, hey, if that doesn't work and we can't do that, doesn't work right now, I'm just going to be physical. I'm just going to use, I'm going to use the physical route to get through it. So that's that why I appreciate work. women's sports so much. I do, especially the WNBA. I've been watching. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't watched the Las Vegas team. I will this year, but next year I will watch them. I'll pay attention to that. But for girls NBA, I watch it all the time, and I think they're WNBA. I just think they just do a great job. That's all good. That's all. I tell you what. Let me. I want to be again cognizant yeah. of the time. Those Las Vegas Aces, right? Ma a yes, yes, indeed. Them Aces, big fan. Yes, Vegas I'm a big fan. Get, so they're Vegas gonna win got... it again. They're... Hold on. So, so y'all, y'all got the, y'all got the Aces. You got the Raiders, and in about a week, you're going to have the A's. Come on. Why y'all why taking everything? Hey, don't forget the hockey team either. They got no. the hockey team as well. Yeah, the, what, the Golden Spikes or the Knights? I, I don't want to mess up. Yeah, the, the Golden Knights. Golden Knights. Yeah. Knights. <laughs> don't, no hockey people come. Yeah, they're about to win it too, actually. <laughs> yep. So. Oh, the Knights are Vegas big in Vegas. They'll let you know. Yes. I love it. All right. Let's, Honestly, let's the Warriors are amazing. It's yeah. next level. I tell you what, let, let me let me make acknowledgement to a couple of comments. I see some new folks coming in. We got Robert Johnson as a retired NFL player. I always make sure to support the women. So shouts out to to Bob Johnson in the building. Love love to have have you in here, sir. Thank you very much for that. And Actually, then, yeah, that's Rojo. Rojo, he uh, he played for the Tennessee Titans and uh, the Utes as well. Oh, good, you talk about. Look at that. We 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 global around here. Y'all y'all don't know. We we get down with the. <laughs> come on now. Some, some listen, y'all. I'm gonna put that subscribe up there right quick. Y'all y'all know team no sleep. Wednesday six thirty p.m. Okay, let me stop. Uh, last question for you in terms of your game and how you play in the sport. But you're not a tight end, so you're not. This just doesn't really. Matter. You're not. You're not a Gronk or a Kelsey. You're, you're a wide out, right? But who who would you who would you like in your I've game? I played. Uh, so, um, hold on, sorry. Can you get the dogs, please? Thank you. I'm sorry. Bring, bring, bring um, them on camera. It's all good. You at home? Bring bring the dogs on camera. Listen, this is a family show. Oh no. Until, until Montel starts dropping, you know, f bombs, and then you know the stream cuts no, off because the police are looking at us. <laughs> I'm good, but yeah. Who would you mimic? Your, who is your game mimic? Mimic? Mimic after in the NFL? Who is your okay. game mimic after? Okay. So I would say that, like for me, I this last season was my first season playing tight end, and so I went from being a wideout to a tight end, which is a lot different, right? You got to block a lot more. Uh, you're running across the middle, getting hit by bigger girls sometimes too. Um, so it, you know, I would say this season. I definitely, uh, as far as the tight end, I mean, Travis Kelsey is definitely a big playmaker. Um, but I used to always look up to like Jerry Rice and, you know, watch his film. 
Um, I got to train with Terrell Owens like way back, you know, mm -hmm. so really like the tall, linky receivers, the ones that could go up for the ball. That's kind of always how I wanted my game to be and mimic. There you go. Hall of Fame all the way around. <laughs> Come on right there. This statement right here, right? For the most, there yep. it is right there, right? <laughs> yeah. You, so you make sure rewatch this with with all your teammates and your coaches and everyone from the league because you you definitely getting the kudos here, here tonight on Team No Sleep. So appreciate you for again jumping in. Um, all right, let, let let's get into some other conversations, some other topics. Appreciate you for going so deep into your background and and your story and the league and things like that. Uh, I can guarantee you that you you've gained some new fans and supporters tonight and on the replay when this when this plays again. Uh, the stories that I sent you guys today, more on the social impact side. And, and the question that, that I asked was, is there a rise of racism in sports again? Right? It, we're seeing a handful of incidents that are, that are happening that make it seem less covert, more overt with some particular incidents that have been happening. Talking about the Real Madrid star out there and the fact that they were playing a game. Uh, they were losing the game. They lost the game, and there, there was an effigy of uh, you know him being hung, shown after the game. The Bubba Wallace incidents are happening again, where they don't. Folks are saying on the, actually on the open mic and on the open radio that they don't want him in this sport. Uh, then there was a couple of incidents at some basketball games. I'm gonna show these stories as we talk about this, but Montel, I'm gonna let you lead with the discussion around the question: Is racism becoming more overt? in sports, especially professional sports today, and your thought on that? Um, in professional sports, I think you got to, it's, it's, it's a little different internationally compared to what's here domestic, right? He's in an international league that he's playing. He's over in these countries. And as we both know, soccer fans are fanatics, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think amongst those soccer fans that are fanatics, you have a lot of people that are racist. You know, they, they, they see anything one, they're, they, they're, I think they have some racist undertones on what they do, and then also they see the color of his skin, right? They see, they see these things. They see he's a good player. So they attack those things, one, not only to get him off his game, but also to hurt him maliciously. So I think in the international game, it's a little bit different than domestic. But to answer your question, yes, I think we're starting to see a whole different level of racism within sports. It's starting to spill into sports into our competitive environment. Um, all the way, we've seen it from the high school level all the way now, going to the professional realms. Um, even when we're having success, right? It's almost like they hate to see someone of color have a lot of success without pointing that out or being very against it for whatnot. But I also think the political climate in the United States has something to do with it. I really do. I think that now that we're having these 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 different fights in, in the political climate, you know, with, you know, supporting Ukraine, you know, we brought a lot of Ukrainians over for them to come over from their, their war. But then it's obvious you see when people that were at the Mexican border trying to get over here that were fighting the same kind of cause in their countries, they have to be held in these camps with these silver blankets and sit there and go through this whole entire process hmm. where Ukrainians got to fly over here and didn't have to do that when they were avoiding their war. So obviously, the, what's the difference between both of them? They're foreigners, right? They're all considered foreigners. But the difference is Ukrainians are mostly Caucasian or white. And then these people that were sitting at the border are people that are brown skinned and black Haitians and people that came from Ecuador and all that stuff. Um, we have, we don't even have a division. We have not only a division in sports, we have a division in the processes and the, the processes are racially motivated as well. So I think 
we have a lot going on, man, that needs to be sorted out. And no one likes to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it's kind of it's, it's scary. And it's, you know, shame on it's supposed to be the land of the free, right? The land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. But it ain't, it's not like that. And I think people that are not of color, they don't see it. They get blind to it because they're assimilated into a different a different aspect. Us as people of color, we can see it. And it, sometimes it's obvious and not so obvious, but we can see it. And we have to deal with it on a day-to-day basis. And I just think those things that, you know, Mr. You know, President, I forgot his number, but the orange president is getting back in the political office. He's spent his rhetoric, you know what I mean? The yeah. Republicans are spending their rhetoric. They're going against the Democrats. We just got a lot going on with all the, with, you know, with a lot. Of, and race is starting to become the device of, of separation within the country. An interesting perspective there, what you put, and and uh, I'm, I'm gonna let you chime in, but I, I want to put put back up what Kevin said because again, we started off with the conversation around sports, but Kevin made the distinction again. Yeah, I don't think it's sports only. Yes, we are seeing it play out in sports stories, but this stuff has been okayed by the leaders, quote unquote, of certain areas of this country. So he's pretty much echoing what you just said, and it's. You know, the fact that, again, it's, it's more overt as opposed to covert as, as it was before. Talk to us. What what, what are your thoughts on, on this? You, you Melissa. Melissa. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we come in. We come into breaking news from, from, from Melissa Miles. Oh, man. We, we, throwing you we in have the fire. a long this way to go. We, yeah, I was just going to say, when it comes to this country and race issues, I mean, we have a long way to go. And yeah. um, especially in sports, I've. I mean, historically speaking, you know, um, there's there's been a lot of people that have had to break those stereotypes, you know, and it's just unfortunate that like in today's society and we've come so far for us to go backwards so many steps. It's like you take two steps forward and you take five back. So, I mean, in terms of equality in sports, especially overseas, I mean, there is a lot of racism and it's it's just so ugly that that now this stuff is becoming like to light. And I think because of social media and because things can go viral so quickly, um, everybody's made more aware of it. But being a biracial uh, person in America, I've seen it since a young age, you know, having a mixed uh, family and coming from, you know, having a white mom and a, and a black dad, you know, whole life, you know, where people would say stuff or, or be really, you know, hateful or evil. Um, and I just think, you know, we're all people in this world and we all should be looking out for each other and taking care of each other, you know? And America needs to take care of America first. You know, there's so many people that are struggling with mental health. There's so many people struggling with poverty and homelessness. I mean, I've come from LA where it was horrible. So many people on the streets, half of them are mentally ill. The other half just couldn't afford rent. And, you know, there's a lot that the country could do for the people here in this country to be able to help. You know, um, but it's just it's a, it's a bigger issue that we have to deal with, you know, and with the elections coming up, I'm I, I'm hoping that we do get some good candidates that can maybe make some change, because right now things are just kind of headed in a downward spiral. And, you know, um, something's got to change. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree with you. I, I just think, you know, sports used to be the kind of the sanctuary that kind of isolated you from. A lot of racism, racism, especially in California or on the West Coast, we don't see it as much like in the South. I know there's a lot of division in the South and in the Midwest, but sports used to always be that kind of that sanctuary where it doesn't go out there, right? It doesn't, it's really not 
that's the one even playing field where we have a chance to compete, play, do it. You may be some name calling, but we can get you back and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, with social media and all these other things that are going on, it's really out there. And my disappointment is with, with the cancel culture thing. Like, you know, they pick and choose. They pick and choose who they want to cancel. They pick and choose who they want to target. They pick and choose who they want to, what they want to do and all that good stuff. It, it needs to be something that's across the board. And I think they need to be somewhere where there's punishment across the board, especially when it comes to high schools. Like we're seeing, we're seeing a growth in high school racism. Yeah. You know, I think when you're a grown man and you're a professional, you're going to be called the N word and you call somebody back and you're doing the, and you're playing sports and that's a whole different level. You can, they can get into that. But once we start doing, digging into the high school and the youth, that's a whole different ball game because those minds are being influenced so heavily, so hard at home that it's transitioning into sports. You know, you think it's okay to call Indians and, and African Americans derogatory names and all that stuff. We got to really pay attention. I think, I think schools need to be starting being held accountable for their students' actions, just like other people are held. Since they're young, they're not like a parent is, is accountable for a youth doing something. Schools need to be accountable for their teams that are doing something that's seeping into these high schools when that poison starts to get out and they start to do these things. And I don't think just suspension and all that stuff sometimes is enough. There needs to be something, the team loses games or they get suspended. Kind of like the, the guys that did that thing in, in I'll buy your, your, your thing, Jake, when they suspended their season right. for that yeah, race. Yeah. Yeah, that football team, yep. Yeah. I think there needs to be something that needs to be send a clear message to that that won't be tolerated. And until we get that on the educational system, especially at the lower level, it's going to be a hard to combat racism within sports because it started at a young age now. It's not just as adults are starting at a really young age, um, which is scary. I love this comment here. Racism is, is a form of bullying. And that, that speaks volumes right there in just six, six words, right? Uh, because it is. Racism is a form of bullying and it cuts deeper a lot of times. Just uh, the emote, the statements, you don't, you don't physically have to hit me, right? But you, you can say and continue to tear apart all the time and then it, it eventually starts wearing folks down. Uh, Montel and I typically talk about, uh, Melissa, the, the, the family unit, right? And, and then the, the folks around you, making sure that you have quality folks around you, especially, and we'll talk about him in a second, John Morant. If, if you're the bag, Right. If, if you're the one that's out there supporting for your, your family, make, make sure you have quality people around you such that those negative vibes, those negative connotations, th- those types of things don't get into your sphere, into your world. But but when they do, how do we how do we elevate from from that? Right. I, I of the three stories that, that I put up on the screen, I worry most right now about Bubba Wallace. Right. Be- because. NASCAR traditional, listen, they out there flying that other flag too. And no, he, and he's out there and he's winning and right. I mean, there's just issues around that. I'm concerned about his safety. I'm concerned about everyone's safety that's involved in these types of situations and and especially the, also the soccer player. But um, the fact that this keeps happening for someone like a Bubba Wallace, and then I I just don't know. I I wonder if he's going to let them win and I hope he doesn't. Right. I, I hope he's strong enough to continue to, to live on and be on this platform and, and speak this truth and, and be resilient to this. Well, so what, what, what are your thoughts? Do, do you see kind of is, is it prevalent in, in, in your industry from a football perspective as well? Do, do you see a lot of contention between the athletes? You know, not really as much within women's sports. I feel like we try to really band together. Um, like mm. you said, that's the one place where the best player plays. And, 
you know, you can kick my ass, but guess what? It doesn't matter about your race. It's just about skill, you know, but it, it makes me think about um, like Jackie Robinson and all the adversity that he went through just to kind of pave a way for, you know, all the rest of the black uh, baseball players that are coming up. Like my godson, he is a baseball player and he is a, a pitcher at that. And had it not been for like the, the Jackie Robinsons of the world, the ones that are paving the way and literally breaking stereotypes and saying, you know what, I, I'm better. And that's the one thing about sports is that it doesn't matter about race. It matters about skill. And although that, you know, fans can be hecklers and kind of discriminate, um, I just think that it should be about the best person and it's not really so, it shouldn't be so political. Hmm. Interesting. Those people yeah. like the Bubba Wallace that are literally breaking, breaking stereotypes and, and making a way for the future to be able to then be able to walk through that door and maybe not have to go through some of those adversities that they have to go through. Yeah. And isn't this the second incident for Bubba Wallace? Didn't he have like the noose? Yeah, I mean, like, like it was last year, last year? Two, two years ago, right? Yeah, that he had the, the, the noose again in his uh, paddock area while he was prepping, coming into the, you know, the area before, even before the mm -hmm. race, and, and there was a noose around the door to get in. So again, and that, that just, see, that, start, that starts messing with you, man. And and again, when, when, you, when you really the minority in the environment i mean like like kevin is saying nascar as a as a whole has a different demographic and a different type of fan base again they, they rolling up in the rvs and, and they got the confederate flag and, I, and right it's you walk in there and you can feel attention i've been to a few other races that's so, so i know as well and your boy stuck out <laughs> i'm just saying and, and bubba wallace out there trying to trailblaze uh bless his heart man i i, I wish him nothing but the best on that i think i think that i like what you said james before i, I hope he doesn't let them win right mm. like i hope he doesn't let them defeat them because so many times we we get defeated in that process whether it's in the in sports environment or even a professional environment we we all work in high tech we all know how very few african americans are in the high tech industry mm. compared to the masses it, it's tough right it's a tough it's a tough gig um, I think our motivations are our paycheck and support providing for our family. Well, now that Bubba Wallace is pretty much successful and and has has the bag, you know, does he like I don't need to deal with this anymore and walk away from walk away from the sport? Because at this point, you know, why why should I have to deal with it? And I, and I hope he no. doesn't let that defeat him. You know, um, I hope he doesn't either. You know, I yeah. think that what he's doing is so big and it actually makes a way for the future. You know, it makes me think of my daughter when she was barrel racing. There was not very many black people out there barrel racing. We were definitely one of the few, if not the only at a race. How did you get involved in it? And but guess what? It didn't matter because she would go out there and she would win. And that actually showed other little black girls that, you know what, I could go out there and win too. Maybe I could ride horses. I don't have to fit the mold or do what somebody else expects. I can do whatever is within my heart. And, you know, it takes those people that are basically trendsetters and not afraid to push the limit, not afraid to follow their dreams and not afraid to, you know, go out there and kick anybody's ass that steps in front of you. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and I, and I, like I said, I hope he's strong enough. It seems like, you know, I know you pushed your daughter to be strong enough to be that, but, you know, we also know some people aren't strong enough. That's a, that's a hard task sometimes to take on. And I think especially once you become financially well off and set, where you don't have to depend on that to be your livelihood, 
where you can walk up to the sunset and you'll still be okay. I think Bubba Wallace is in that situation now. Unlike Jackie Robinson, right? Jackie Robinson had to do it because he had to feed his family. They weren't making millions and millions of dollars. And even though by any means was rich, Bubba Wallace right now, I believe is pretty much well off financially. He could walk away and not have to deal with it. But to me, that would be a form of quitting and, and letting them win. And that would stop, stop the trailblazing process of him opening the door for other people. It just takes a different kind of thick skin to be able to deal with that. And I can empathize with him if he says he does want to walk away. Why do I have to deal with this madness if I don't have to and I don't have to depend on it? Um, so I don't want him to, but I can definitely understand if he did. You know what I mean? And it's just sad. It's kind of just sad that we have to be in that, in that situation because you being the best still isn't good enough, regardless of your race, skin, and color. And I kind of hate the fact that no matter that, why can't you accept our winners when we accept your winners? Like us, we, we we praised Larry Bird. You know, we used to, you know, when he was in the competition, but we praised him because he was so good. We praised Tom Brady. We do that. But, yeah, you have a problem when one of us is the great in that sport. There's an issue with it, and there's all these racial intertokes coming in, man. It's just, it's kind of, it's just sad. The society, the way society is going with this is pretty sad because, like you said, race should never come an issue. Just just be your talent and your skills. This leads into yeah, I definitely agree. I yeah. I think that we should. No, go go ahead, Melissa. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say I just hope that he thinks about the next the next generation of kids that are watching him and think that he's like a superstar and amazing. You know, think about those next generation of kids um, that that aspire to do what he's doing. You know, yeah. if he's not gonna hold the door open and and make sure that it stays open for the next generation. Um, I think that that's the most important thing. You know, sometimes it's it's bigger than you. Mm, I agree. So when it's bigger than you and it's it's all on your shoulders, so this just perfectly leads in kind of the last segment that I wanted to start talking about uh, with it being Mental Health Awareness Month, right? The the toll that that it takes, right? So now you're the the African-American who's riding NASCAR, you're the one out there playing soccer, you're, you're the one doing all these other things, or you've got other issues going on in your world, thinking about John Morant again. Right. He sent out a handful of tweets and an IG post this morning, which were concerning. Right. He sent he sent that if it wasn't him and if it wasn't for what he's going through, they wouldn't necessarily be concerning. But, you know, love you, pops. Uh, you the greatest baby girl. I'm reading them off right here. Uh, and then the last one he sent out was just bye. So. Right. He, he's been caught with with weapons now doing what he shouldn't be doing. He's lost some brand relationships. I know Nike is no longer at least advertising or carrying his shoe. And I think he had a, a, a drink, a sports drink, like Gatorade or something like that, a commercial that was supposed to be running and it's no longer running. They messed around and had to send the police out there to do a welfare check. You know, th- thoughts on that kind of thing, right? When, the fact that we get to the point where so much is on your shoulders. Again, you're 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 the bag. I'll keep making that statement, but again, then you start sending out these things, saying it's it's somewhat overwhelming, and we're concerned about you. And then you see someone again, another athlete, Andre Drummond, says, "Listen, I'm I'm done with this. I'm I'm done with social media. I'm changing my number. Don't call me. Only my mom and my daddy know my my number. That kind of thing. And I need to step away from this just for my mental health and my mental." well-being what, what what are your guys thoughts on on something like this and 
I guess being courageous enough to say that I, I got to step away from these tweets and these IGs and these snaps and, and, and all of this stuff to try to understand who it is that I am because I'm going through so much. It's, I know it's two different stories because it's Ja and, and Andre, and I know this is about a lot of other folks. I know uh, DeMar DeRozan has said that he suffers from depression, so he, he also goes through some things as well. But this isn't new. But with it being Mental Health Awareness Month, I wanted to talk about this a little bit. So, um, Melissa, let's start with you on this particular topic. Your thoughts on the John Morant tweets and IG posts, and things like that, and then the welfare check, and then Andre Drummond stepping away from social media. You know, I, I think that mental health is so important. People uh, tend to forget that, you know, athletes, although you're praising their physical abilities, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on mentally that, you know, um, sometimes need to be addressed. And, mm. you know, a lot of times people focus on just the physical attributes of an athlete and kind of forget that they're a person too. And the scrutiny of like, you know, social media and the public eye always being on you sometimes could be a lot. And I think that it's important to be able to unplug and just have the people that are closest to you in your circle be able to, um, you know, give you that that voice of reason and kind of keep you grounded. I think that that's so important. And you know, I, I always try to like take little uh, social media breaks because sometimes it just gets overwhelming. Mm -hmm. You know, um, everybody's energy and their attention or their opinions can weigh heavy. You know, and everybody's always going to have an opinion. So you just want to make sure that you keep the people closest to you. It, there's nothing wrong with having to go talk to a therapist, you know, or keeping somebody because therapy actually is good. They they can't tell anybody. They they sign NDAs, mm -hmm. you know, it's a confidentiality, uh, you know, uh, requirement. So you can speak freely and openly with a therapist and find somebody that you trust and that you can relate to as well that understands and can, can give you good advice. Because I think that sometimes when you're at the top, sometimes you can uh kind of lose uh lose your footing or you know kind of lose touch with with reality a little bit and sometimes if you have a lot of people that are yes people around you mm -hmm. um that could be that could be taxing as Come well on because then you're not getting the reality you're not getting a, a third party perspective all you're getting is these haters online and your family that wants to please you you know and so really i think that like mental health is very important having a therapist is very important i think everybody should have somebody that they can reach out to you know even if it's just here and there to touch base and just make sure that you're in a good space because a lot of times with everything that's going on with this country a lot of people are not like my church they're saying is it's okay to not be okay and it's it's what's not wow. okay is to not get help and to not recognize it or to not try to be the best version of yourself I like that. That's a that's a great statement, Mattel. What do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this, man? Because again, we we've talked specifically about Josh so many times, and wondering, you know, mm -hmm. what's 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 going on with with the young cat, right? He he, he um, doesn't need to be doing this. But your thoughts? These are two different stories for us. Yeah. Well, I, I, Andre Drummond, I respect mm. walking away from it. You got to get away from it. You you know you're dealing with something. Something's causing you depression. You're 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 walking. I question Josh mental his mental state that's because why these, that's why i put these two stories he, he, together he, he, because i wanted to have I, this I, I question it people uh, you yeah. know i've seen tony davis said you know he's throwing out a smoke signal is he throwing out a smoke signal because he got caught or is he throwing out a smoke signal because he's really depressed is he throwing is he doing this because he got caught and now he's getting in trouble and his hand is actually starting to get slapped or is he now is he really going through some issue and and i don't know because john's been so un, un authentic with us from the beginning sending out a 
an AI apology. Mm-hmm. He's not he hasn't been sincere with his apologies. And I'm not saying the young man not maybe not be not be going through some things, but I don't think it's a mental health. Me, I think he has an identity crisis. He wants to be. He's caught between being a superstar and a thug. Wow. He don't know which one to be. And now, now his hand is getting slapped, and everybody's telling him it's wrong. And now you send out these tweets like something's wrong, and now everyone, you know, this is public story. We have to do a wellness check on him or something like that. And maybe so. I, I believe he's a little depressed because he's getting his hand slapped. Rightfully so, though. He deserves to be in trouble for what he did. He did something that is against what his work is, his, his work, or what his image is supposed to be, and what's supposed to be able to secure in the bag and the image he's supposed to portray. He mm-hmm. deserves to be punished. But when you deserve to be punished, you don't get to cry for help. That's not the way the game works. You don't cry for help when you get in trouble because you're mad because you got in trouble. So now all of a sudden, I got to send out, I miss you, mom. I miss you, dad. I love you, boo, and blah, 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 blah. Because he wasn't doing it before. And I'm sorry, mental health is a progress. Him carrying a gun and all that stuff, having fun singing, throwing money in the air. He was having a good time when he's all that. He wasn't mental health then. Why is all of a sudden he mental health now when everything's been taken away from him? His is just unauthentic. He might be going through something. He may be depressed. He may be all that. But I'm going to tell you right now, and I'll say it reliably, I agree with 50 Cent. Depression is a privilege because people are depressed every day, but they got to get up and go to work. They got to fight through it. Everybody gets depressed when you're an adult. So the sense that you can sit around and wallow around, wallow around, wallow in it and stew in it and send out tweets and say, everybody, you bad. I don't have such a forgiving. I don't have such a forgiving spirit on that. When you walk away from it, like Andre Drummond said, hey, I got to go deal with something because this is giving too overwhelming for me. Respect that 100 percent. But when you do it because you're in trouble, man, I'm not I'm just not. I'm not going to be so forthright with all, all this, because I can tell you right now. There's a hundred thousand prisoners in jail that's depressed as well. Hmm. They sit around all day, they depressed. There's a whole bunch of single moms that's working in the hood that gotta do two three jobs. Depressed as hell. But you know what? They gotta get up and fight through it. They're not tweeting nobody about it. They have to fight through it. Depression to me is a privilege to have to be able to sit around and stew in it. Most people have depression and they fight through it. They go through it, they can continue to go through their day. Right or wrong or indifferent, not saying anything's right or wrong, but that's the way life is. That's the reality of it. So that's my spiel on Joe. Liz, i um, I will say one thing, though. Um, he's young, right? And uh, yep. like being bipolar, and there's a lot of different things that maybe you can't see from the outside looking in that you are not privy to or don't know what he's going through. Um, mental health, actually, for like people that are bipolar, for men, usually sets in from like 18 to 24. You know, I'm not saying that he's bipolar, but what I'm saying is, that he does need help. He is crying out for help. And when you're young, especially when you have a lot of money, you do a lot of stupid stuff. And he just has the world looking at him and he needs to have people that are good around him actually going and getting him the help that he needs. I, but I would, I would equate this to almost like when you're young and you're, you're young and you have that girlfriend that you think you're in love with and she breaks up with you. So you do all this stupid stuff you need to do to get attention from her where you write her notes or you follow her a little bit or you send her candy when it's unwarranted. You're not crazy. You're just depressed about the situation that happened. You're not mentally health challenged. You're just depressed a little bit about the situation that happened and you're trying to figure out how to get past it. Obviously time makes that happen, but I don't think, I mean, I don't think he's, I mean, he may be crying out for help. I'm just not buying it just yet because like I said, his actions from the beginning has been always unauthentic. So it's kind of hard for me to say, ah, you know what, I feel sorry for you. Really? Well, I don't know. You had two guns. You're in a party with some strippers. You're throwing money up. 
You threaten a little, you threaten your sister's uh, friend at a party. Uh, you know, you're trying to be this temp guy when you're actually a basketball star. Who, which one am I supposed to buy? Is it all of the above or what? I don't know. Drummonds, I feel like, like Drummonds, I do feel, yeah, he had, there's something going on. He's he's acknowledging he wants to step away because he's his, his actions have been un, unauthentic up to this point. Josh has not. So I'm not going to bind to somebody that's been unauthentic with us for the last couple of, well, for the last year or so. And back to the statement right there, um, Mr. Johnson saying again, need to have those right people around you. Big difference between friends and associates. And I, I agree with you to an extent on the Jaws thing, because again, to that statement right there, his biggest cheerleader who we keep talking about, and I always keep talking about who's in the front row drinking drinks with all the celebrities is his daddy. And if your daddy is there cheering you on, buying, buying all the watches with you, and, and not molding and shaping and corralling you and your younger sister, who's also coming up. And she's a, she's a great player too. And she's very aggressive, right? So she's seeing what Jaws doing and, and would love to catch her before she goes down whatever path that she's going to go. Hopefully that she goes down the right path, right? Cause again, she, she's star player and in, in, uh, basketball as well. And, and I've seen a couple of incidents where, Listen, she, she's giving some hard fouls as well, and, she, and, she, and she's got that Morant swagger. Nothing wrong with that. But, again, just, just would like to see, like Mr. Johnson is saying here, have the right people around you, less associates, handful of friends, more family that is watching you and keeping you on, on a straight and narrow. But listen, we get into it, don't we? See, woo, your, your lights didn't mess around and going out at your house. We. <laughs> 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 Your life to mess around and go on that. I need to pay the bill. Dang I, it. No, I got that, that's all right. That's, we're we, we going to send you a check for sure. You know, some, some dividends, some team notes. Listen, again, wanting to be cognizant of time. And, you know, that that's kind of, I think, where we'll wrap. And then we'll we'll talk about some of the other stories next time. But um, loving the the engagement from from the community here. Loving what, what folks are saying. I'll, I'll bring this last statement up here. Tony Davis saying, well, I worked in mental health for years. I seen it all and thought the same way. Then when I seen people lose it, it changed his perspective. Wow. All right. So, so again, let the clinicians, let the, those professionals diagnose and, and, and help those that need the help. Andre definitely is making the right decision, but we, yeah, we questioned y'all, right? The apology being written by chat GPT. That, 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 that's a, that's a problem, brother. That, you could have at least changed some of the punctuation. You, 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 man. That's what I'm just saying, man. I mean, I because because maybe my, my part and I'm just, before we go, no, nah, yeah. man, just like my part is some people. Sometimes people hide behind this the statement of mental health, right? I'm, I'm mentally health, and I don't think sometimes it's mental health because you're cognizant of the things, the actions that you're doing. Yeah, you're 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 very conscious of what you're doing, but now all of a sudden when you get caught or you're in trouble, now I want to blame it on the, the mental health issue. So I have a I have a little bit of problem with that. I mean. I mean, and I'm not just I'm not dismissing people that do have mental health issues. I believe if they have it, they need help. And sometimes there I believe sometimes there are cries for help. But also believe people use sometimes that as an excuse. Just like you know, it's just it goes both ways. So we have to take individuals for what they are and kind of like kind of decipher our against ourselves or have them go to professional people and have them di dictate it. But I mean, man, when you're in that situation like job, I just can't I'm not just gonna ride with it, man. I'm just not gonna you can't get a pass all of a sudden. 
No, nope. that's not going. That doesn't. That don't fly with me, unfortunately. I mean, I don't know him personally, but I just know that when you're young, you make mistakes. You know, yes. And especially when you're in the public eye, you have a lot more scrutiny on you, and you have a lot more attention. You know, I know a lot of young kids that do stupid stuff, and they use ChatGPT to do all kind of things. You know, like yeah. but but, do, but doing stupid stuff. But does that make you, but does it make you mental health because you do stupid things? Does that make you a mental well, health issue because you do stupid things? I, I talked about it to no, adolescents. A lot of people aren't aren't diagnosed. Uh, mental health is a big stigma in today's society, and I think that even when was it Fifty Cent saying that we don't have the luxury to be depressed, like. That's the wrong mentality to have. I think that's the hood mentality. And that's mm. those kind of uh, mentalities that I think make it hard for people to go get help when they need it, you know, because they think that they don't have the luxury to do that or they don't. Some of them don't have the insurance to do that, you know, but at the end mm -hmm. of the day, everybody deserves a chance. And I think that everybody has a right to apologize or to make mistakes and be forgiven. You know, as long yes, as you learn from it and you're not you're not doing the same thing over and over, then I mean, we're entitled to make mistakes. Nobody on this earth is perfect. So, I mean, is he young? Is he doing dumb things? Yes. Is he maybe going through something? Possibly. But I don't think it's for anybody to judge him. I think it's something that he needs to go through with himself. And sometimes those consequences hit you a lot harder than somebody else, you know, especially when you're in the position that he's in. He needs to be more mindful. He could lose it all. And you know, it just takes one bad decision to mess up your whole life. So I think that when there's more eyes on you, you have to be more mindful of that. But I do think that, you know, some people deserve grace and they deserve understanding or, you know, some people don't, but there you go. That's what I'm <laughs> Man, hey, okay, Melissa. I'm, I, 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 I'm, I applaud you, Melissa. That was, that, was, that was perfectly said. I think that was I'm, well said. Yeah, I'm, I'm extending yeah, the invitation well right now. You, you, you come back whenever you want to. Listen, yeah. uh, Man, right, that whole perspective right there, and just like Kevin Cox says, right, a hundred percent agree with with that statement right there. This 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 was cool. I I, I do want to, like I said, be cognizant of your time and not not hold you. And and just in case uh, your your daughter and the dogs are, are back there act, acting up, who knows what's going on? Right, your lights done going off, so we we don't know what's happening now, right, <laughs> <laughs> down there in them L.A. streets. Um, I, but I tell you what, uh, tell folks what you got going on next where folks can find you i'm gonna put a lot of links in the in the uh, description as well so they can they can check out the the team they can check out some of the other stuff you're doing but if you don't mind just telling folks you know if they want to get in contact with you how they can do that okay yeah um so my handle on instagram is m miles underscore five and you can kind of reach me on there um what i'm going to be doing really is just enjoying my off season um and the playoffs are coming up pretty soon. So you could check out the schedule on, at the WNFC website. It's going to be in Utah, Salt Lake City. So it should be a good game. I'm going to be out there supporting, you know, all the other teams that made it and just supporting some of my friends that still play for other teams. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a sisterhood. And so I just want to make sure that we're pushing the sport forward and we're cohesive as a unit um, and just building the brand and building football for women and overall. That's going to be my goal. Um, like I said, I'm also going to get back into coaching and, um, really excited for like, you know, my next steps. So I tried to buy the hoodie and it's out of stock. So I, I'm upset. <laughs> I, that, that's, that's the one reason why I went off screen just now, because I wanted to buy my silver star. I'm real upset. Both the black and the white are out of stock. Mm. You know what? I'll send you one. I'll send Come you on one. Now. Send I, I'll let your boy. Okay. We, we, we yeah. talk, you know, I got we you. know some. You know, Montel, what size you wear, man? I, you know, oh, well, okay. 
She only gave me one. She didn't give you one. She gave you one, man. That's yeah, a, that, it's yeah. all good. <laughs> I'll get you both one. Just tell I me your it. size. I got you. You I know, we need more people repping the sweatshirt that says "Real Women Wear Play Football." That's so. listen. I'll, I'll wear that. It, I'll wear that tomorrow. I tell you what, uh, smiles. You you are amazing. Uh, if, if I could find the old comments that were up here, like from from Melanie Diane Howe and from Kevin and from Tony, some of the other folks, and and Robert Johnson saying that you are out here just making the mark, breaking all the ceilings, and 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 making all the right noise. We appreciate that. We want to see you not only on the field, uh, playing, coaching. Look, in the conference rooms doing and then doing the executive thing. We done already promoted you to, to commissioner. So you, you already <laughs> it's time to go ahead and print out some new business cards. But thank you very much for for taking the time. I know it was a little bit of time coming to get you on the show, but you came on at the right time. You came on at the right well, time. Thank you. So. Thank you for having me. I mean, it's been great, great topics. I think that it, you know, a lot of people need to hear, you know, candidly what's going on in the world and kind of like different perspectives on things. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You got it. You got it. Mr. Allen, go ahead and take us home, man. That's what you do. Oh, man. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. Melissa, thank you for coming on, sharing your perspective. Really do appreciate it. And like we say, like we said, especially in this Mental Health Awareness Month, reach out to your family, your friends, just check up on them, give them that phone call, let them know that you care about them. That can make a difference. Peace. We out, y'all. Team No Sleep.